0: Be glad to know that my Norton subscription expired. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're going to be looking at some pictures of camp and later a video of camp. So, the rule is when you see yourself in the video, you're supposed to stand up and go, yoo-ha! and sit back down. Okay? Don't worry, there's no sound on the video, and I'll just be. I'll just be yammering so I can pause and it won't interrupt me at all. I'm used to working with kids and it's all right if I get interrupted. So so some of you are older and you'll see yourselves and you have to go, yoo-ha! And you see yourself, right? I thought it over. At first I thought I should do the serious stuff first, you know, and then do the other part and then should I do this? So I flipped a coin and this is what I decided we we're going to do the camp report first. Um, that's one of among my favorite pictures. And if you come and serve on staff at Camp Horizons, you can get up in the morning, have your morning devotions, sit on the dock, and look at that beautiful sunrise. You can do that. Or you can come to family camp in a couple of weeks and do the same thing. Uh, Let's first take a look at our summer staff. That's actually not a staff training photo, that's a varsity camp photo. Uh, But last year, this is what we had. We had a total of 150 people. Now, that 150 people includes folks that don't live at camp, you know, for a week. Uh, It it includes in that 150. Uh, We have people like Dave Thompson and Bob Anderson who drive the vehicles back and forth. These are people I gave a T-shirt to. Uh, We have a group that comes from Claremont Bible Chapel. They come on Wednesday and change all the air conditioning filters and do it. That's Ralph's day off, and their, uh, their job is to do anything that came up while Ralph was gone or something he left for them to do. So it's not just uh, the counselors and so forth, but as you can see, we uh, have lots of people that serve. In the old days, camp ran 30 to 36 staff members. Now our average, as you can see, nothing drops below 49 for the entire, uh, for the entire summer. Why does it take that many? Well, we have uh, cooks and boat drivers, uh, people who teach uh, activities, uh, the people in the kitchen, the people who clean up in the kitchen, uh, we have a, another group that does just hospitality, which is cleaning up the, the bathrooms and the chapel, uh, we have uh, six six public restrooms that aren't assigned anybody else, so we have assigned a group called hospitality to take care of the bathrooms, so it just takes a lot of people, there's a, a lot of, uh, we have four more four more cabins than we started with, we have a pool and a chapel that wasn't there before 1991, so just a lot of stuff to take care of. Uh, right now, we have, uh, instead of having our, our normal, actually, if you if you just count the people who are gonna be at campus, it runs about 120 to 130. And right now, we're at about 98 to 99 uh, that have been registered and, and are approved for, for service this summer. So we still have some need there. I'm waiting for the Yoo-Hoo, uh, it'll come. Um, I borrow slides from presentations and I drag and drop them and I say, oh, I want to use this slide again. And I drag this slide from, okay, I'll just point them out to you. I just drag these slides from years gone by sometimes. Caitlin, you can say "you hoo anytime you want. <laughs> okay, we'll just go on. I don't know, there may be some others in there that are half in there. That's, that's David Harper. He's now 16 on his second year of staff. Don't worry, you guys are in there too. Okay, last year, um, you may know that we were announcing that we were 60 campers below the previous year. Uh, by the end of the summer, we caught up to, uh, to just a difference of 12, and uh, still 77 below 208. This year, we're just slightly above last year, and registrations are still coming. One of the differences this year is one of those years that the dates pop back one week. So we're sort of a week different. So we should see more campers. So be in prayer. Uh, That's what we do. That's our major thing. We do retreats. Yes, we do rental groups. Yes. But our major reason for being built was to produce a summer camp. So be in prayer that the Lord will will fill our camp up with lots and lots and lots of kids. All righty. A couple of pictures of camp before we get to the video. We have archery and um, it's moved out in a nice shady place. Believe it or not, archery is, is more popular than water skiing. It is it is the most popular single thing that we do at camp is archery. Little known fact, it's true though. Riflery, uh, you see that little thing right here, the little board? That's been replaced with a an NRA style sitting uh, sitting table, it's long. It's this wide, so you can actually lay a gun down safely on it. Um, if you were handicapped, you could sit in a chair and, and fire from there. But if you're only eight years old and you're only this tall, you can stand up and put your elbow on it. So, uh, so it works really nice. Uh, one of the chapels came and is it losing me whenever I turn my head? Let's try that. Okay. One of the chapels built uh, built that table a few months ago, and yesterday the guys from Brooksville were erecting a uh, a permanent cover over the top of it. I don't know if they finished it or not, but that's what they were there doing yesterday. Um, so we, uh, riflery is is right up there with archery, a very important, very uh, popular thing, as is canoeing. Uh, we have. Uh, um, had a special gift to buy more life preservers because our life preservers were showing their age. And so uh, so we've gone from, we're not buying any more of those, we're only buying these, the vest style, because those are, those are more comfortable for the campers to do all events with, everything from water skiing to sailing. And so we've just purchased a, a, a lot of them. I think it's a lot, but we'll see how it goes. Um, we do music, I'm waiting for the, you don't do this woohoo, do you? <laughs> All righty. Well, we do music, and there's Methuselah, that's my, my base. Uh, water skiing. I don't have a picture of it, but this year we're going to add a new thing. It's rock climbing, as long as we get enough kids to sign up for it. We have a guy that's gonna rent us the, the entire wall for the summer. Um, and we do fishing for kids who are 15 and under. We don't do fishing for senior camps. Because they have to have a license once you hit 15. So we only do fishing for junior camp and youth camp. Uh, Chapel is a very important part. Uh, As you know, you've got some folks here that are going to be involved in it and have been involved with camp and will be there. So pray for our speakers that the gospel will be clear. Uh, Although the speakers are not the ones who'd usually lead a child to Christ, the counselors do a lot of that, but it is the message that is taught in chapel that is the fodder for which uh, they all chew the cud when they get back uh, to, their, to their cabins. That's Dave Dunlap, which you all know. And this is a look at last year. Um, we, had, um, we had 46 professions of faith at our camps last year. Even with a drop in the number of total campers, we still, percentage-wise, had a higher percentage, a higher number of kids that came to faith in Christ last year. Um, so be in prayer a lot of kids are fitting in this category we, we, have, we have a lot of kids that come to camp that have, a, that have a, uh, a testimony of some sort they say they're saved and they can give us the right answers uh, but some of those kids just learn the right answers so that you would leave them alone <laughs> many of them come to faith when they finally find out that they need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ this is a slide that, uh, that you may not have seen, and this looks at, uh, at how many kids are saved in each, in each age group. Uh, you can see from the saved category, most kids who come to faith, come to faith in the junior camp and the youth camp. Uh, if, a child, if, if a child does not come to faith by the time they reach 12, 13 years old, uh, then the chances of them coming to faith until they reach some point in adulthood is slim. This is a, There's a lot of statistics about that. You can look that up on the internet, but it's just a fact. Look over here at the number of clear testimonies. When you get to the older camps, the older camps, most of the kids who come to the older camps have a profession of faith. Why? Because once you get high school age, you come to camp because you're a believer and because you want to, uh, to learn scripture you want to fellowship with other Christians? Half of you are already on my staff. So you worked your four weeks, five weeks, so you can come for free. So there's a lot of kids in varsity camp that, are, that come to Camp saved, And then it's pretty equal, you know, there are out. Um, but the, these are the numbers. So pray especially during those weeks um, that the gospel will be clear and that the children will understand the gospel and come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now I have to switch modes and click on this thing here. Maybe if I point to it. Or I could use this mouse. How do I make it go? How do I make it go? Are you going to start? Maybe it's starting. This is the video part. Here we go. <laughs> i have to click on it to make it start, but I didn't put a click button. There we go, aha. Well, that's irritating, isn't it? There we go. Okay, what I did is at the end of each week, we have somebody that puts together a video. Um, typically, we've, we've had uh, Mark Carino for at least three weeks, and he'll do the first three weeks of, of, uh, of videos for us. The video he does on Friday nights are 20 and 25 minutes long with lots of music and, uh, and lots and lots and lots of water skiing, and, and he'll put a whole game on there. It's a little too much for something like today. So what I did was I cut out about three minutes of junior, three minutes of youth, and three minutes of varsity and put them all together. So that's why you're going to see the rotation, and I didn't hear the woo-hoo, Joanna Haddix. Okay. But uh, while you're looking at that and going through the the different age groups, uh, (laughs) the the most common questions that I'm asked, I just spent an hour touring camp with a brand-new set of parents and their little one Setting them to junior camp for the first time, and they wanted to know each moment of the day what their child will be doing. Um, hey, I get, I, I I can even I can even continue to type while I'm telling the story. You now I'm getting good at this. So here it is. On Sunday, uh, if you're coming from Boulevard, you're probably going to be placing your child on the bus early in the morning on Sunday, and they'll arrive uh, just after lunch, one o'clock, uh, to camp, and we'll put them through registration. During registration, they meet the nurse, they give up their drugs, they give up their cell phones, they give up their iPods, and we, we try to take everything away from them that takes batteries unless it's a flashlight. They pass through Lucy, um, and um, registration's done, and they head toward their cabin. In the cabin, they, they meet their counselors, they talk about their, their individual cabin rules, how they're gonna treat each other and be nice and play fair. And, uh, and then when registration comes to an end, we blow the horn and everybody goes into the, uh, uh, into the chapel. If you've ever played the game Pit, which is a game based on the Chicago Commodities Exchange, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a card game, but it's not, like, it's not like rummy or something. What you do is you have like pork bellies, you know, or coffee futures, and, and then you raise your hand up and you yell, I got pork bellies. Okay, you got to play the game or you don't understand this. Well, this is the same thing. They run in and and they get a little card that has A, B, C, and D, and they have to choose their activities. So they run over, you know, uh, I've I've got water skiing and I've got whatever. They have as many as 12 usually activities to choose from, and they can choose four. So they can pick from archery, rifle, sailing, swimming, uh, canoeing, fishing, Uh, This year we'll add rock climbing. Older camps do things like volleyball and ultimate frisbee um, and team logic. Younger camps don't necessarily have all of those, but they'll do outside games, they'll do basketball and things like that. So they pick the four things that they're going to do and then we head to dinner for our first night. The first activity usually has something to do with orienting them to the camp, picking out a team name, a team cheer, basically starting out the week. And that could be anything from a scavenger hunt to some great big game or building a banner, but that 's the first night has something to do with with introducing them to their week of camp they 've had an orientation with all the rules and regulations of camp um, so they should be rared up and ready to go and Then they have their first night of chapel. Uh, they have devotions before bedtime, and then when they wake up in the morning, their counselor one counselor per cabin is snuck out for uh, for devotions with the other counselors, and for uh, all of the secret stuff of the day, like what what's the game's going to be, and things like that. And uh, then they get up for um, for ca- cabin cleanup. So they wake up, they do cabin cleanup, they go to the flagpole. While they're at the flagpole, learning about the points and uh, how their team is doing, those kinds of things, general announcements. Then um, uh, some of our collegians are. Inspecting their cabins, the cabins are inspected every day. That's part of their competition. Bible memory is part of their competition. The uh, the uh, the games that they play as a group are part of their competition. Uh, points for archery, points archery bullseyes and rifle bullseyes. That's all part of part of getting enough points to uh, to get honors at the end of the week as the, the team that made it. So we uh, and yes, I did count four or five people on a three-person two in case anybody else is counting besides me. All right. <laughs> so they go to breakfast uh, from flag raising. They, have, they stop for cabin prayer. Uh, high school, they do individual devotions, or they do cabin devotions, depending on what the directors decided for that particular week. And uh, from breakfast, they go to chapel. So we start out with chapel. Really, first, first full all-camp thing of the day is to, is to go to chapel together. And... Uh, chapel in the mornings about an hour a lot of singing and they, they're given a full uh, a full time in the morning for that and then they go to their first activities two activities in the morning followed by lunch then rest hour which is also their bible memory time after rest hour bible memory time then they head off to their third craft then uh, snack shack and some free time their last craft and then there may be free time to go, like, to dinner, depending on the age group. Um, I know some of you are concerned about your children having baths, and I want to let you know that if your child comes to junior camp, we have mandatory swimming, snack shack. We have boys' snack shack while the girls are swimming, and then we reverse it. The reason we do that is because you can't put them all in the pool at the same time, and when they go to snack shack, the way that an 8-year-old picks a candy bar is they point at a distance and grunt. <coughs> And the people in snack shack say, "Do you want a Snickers? Uh. Do you want, do you want a three musket?". Uh. And they go through this. You know, they can't say, "I want a" and fill in the blank. They have to just point and grunt. So it takes forever to get them through. They get better again in youth camp, and then they deteriorate back in varsity again. They go back to grunting. It's a guy thing. So, so your kids are going to have mandatory swimming once a day so that they get a bath. Uh, then after that, they have supper, and after supper is an evening game. Sometimes for, uh, for the older camps, <laughs> they're allowed to swap and do chapel first and do a, a, a game in the dark. That's done sometimes. Or if they're going to have a movie in the gym or things like that, they can swap it. But, but the usual day is they go from, from dinner to the all-camp game. And that's what's different about camp than, say, being at home or doing something with your normal youth group is at camp you can have 100 to 150 people playing one game. And that's a whole lot of fun. So after their their game time, they drop the flag and they go to to evening chapel. They have a full chapel followed by evening devotions with their cabin. And that's when a lot of the kids, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Hello. Don't think we don't know who you are, everybody knows who you are so <laughs> righty so that's uh that goes on for uh for Monday through Friday. then Friday night is a little different. We usually uh arrange for uh, for high school they many times make that last craft optional so they can all go get themselves prettied up and then we go to banquet banquet night is um, if you look on the website after the director's meeting coming up in the next you know, seven to 14 days. We should have all of the the themes posted so you'll know uh, what to bring. You don't have to buy anything. You just reach in your closet or or you could go to Goodwill. That's what I do. I have a collection of everything. I can go cowboy. I got a kilt. It's really... Anybody else here got a kilt? No, I'm it, huh? Well, everybody said they were going to wear one. I'm the only one who wore one. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so you just go with the theme. Sometimes the theme is, you know, (laughs) The girls tend to forget whatever the theme is and just dress up really pretty. Uh, the guys tend to just put on a, their best T-shirt. But some of them do put on a tie and so forth. So banquet night is, is also time for, for talent. Uh, so if you're coming to camp and you have a special talent, it has to be something of a spiritual nature. So uh, uh, something that you would be allowed to sing here is, is what it all boils down to. Um, we uh, we have kids that, that play instruments. If you play an instrument, you can bring your instrument to camp and use that. And uh, that ends it with a, a campfire and testimony time on Friday night. Saturday morning, they get up, clean up, pack up, and say goodbye. And that's your basic week of camp. Unless you're on staff. If you're on staff, you uh, you once the campers are gone, you continue cleaning and somewhere near or right after lunch. We're done with our cleanup and transfer from one age group to the other. And then staff gets uh, a little free time in the afternoon and, and Saturday night off where they can uh, go and have a little fellowship one with another. Being on staff is a great opportunity. A lot of people think that they, their child needs to have a job in the summer, uh, needs to earn money and learn responsibility. Well, uh, you may make minimum wage as a kid working flipping burgers at McDonald's or something like that. But when you're done, all you've learned is that if you work a certain amount of time, you get a certain amount of money uh, and you learn a little bit of responsibility. But at Camp Horizon, you can work 40, 50, 60 hours and get no money. And, <laughs> and you can learn that, you, that the reason that you work is because God designed you to serve and to serve him and to serve others. And the paycheck is a bonus if you can get one. It's, if you can find a job that pays, good for you. But the, like our brother was saying this morning, there's opportunities for you to serve. And and developing a servant's heart, a servant's attitude, and camp helps to develop those things. Uh, it's sad that a lot of times people will say... I didn't hear the woohoo again because I know that someone was right there with the woohoo. hoo um, Kids... Not just, you know, not just Christian kids. It's like, you know, will you do this? Well, How much will I make? How much are you going to pay me? What's it worth to you? Um, when kids come home from camp, I get parents calling me saying, I don't know who this child is or what you did with my son, but I really like the new one. Because they do their own laundry and they take care of things and, and uh, they take responsibility. So sending your kid to camp has some great advantages for you and for them. We must be coming up on the last group there. Um, our biggest need is always going to be men, male counselors, because guys tend to be the ones that have to drop out and get a job because they get a CAR with, with insurance attached to it. Uh, so be in prayer. We've just posted everybody that I had, and we put it on, on there, and we are short. Uh, as many as six um, men or young men to be counselors, particularly varsity. Varsity, I have to have adults because I can't put the children in charge of the children. So I'm I'm in need of adult counselors for the varsity camps. Um, The second half of camp, our numbers drop off tremendously on the staff. Got people that are only working the first half and not the second. Working on getting some of them to switch, and that's already in progress. But uh, nonetheless, um, there is a need the needs for the staff are posted on our website. In order to get in, uh, actually I switched it because I had so many people that couldn't figure it out. So for those who can't figure it out, you don't have to log in. You can click on summer staff and it'll show you what the needs are as of the last time I updated it. Uh, how many adult men, how many cooks we need. So you don't have to call me and say, do you need a cook for Varsity 2 You can look at the website and you can say, Steve needs a cook for Varsity 2." And you can go ahead and fill out your application. To fill out your application, you have to log into the website. There are hidden tabs that pop up after you've logged into the website. That's to keep the general public from getting into our business. One of those hidden tabs, which some of you will be interested in, is for the first time in Camp Horizon history, I have all the applicants listed and all the people in their weeks of camp. And that's under 2011 staff. You can click on that and a Google spreadsheet will pop up and you can go to the different weeks of camp and you can see who is signed up to work those weeks of camp. Another way that you can look at it and say, oh, I see, he doesn't have any male counselors for youth too. Maybe I can give another week. So a lot of those positions will be picked up by people who've already filled out their application but only could give one week or they said, or a lot of them will say, I can give this week for sure and another week uh, where you need me the most. So this is your way of being able to look at it. Parents can look and see when their favorite people are gonna be there, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can even see what their dream sheets said they wanted to do, which is why I have 14 people in the kitchen for varsity one, and that's not gonna happen. Five boat drivers and one cook, or two cooks. <laughs> so that will all get switched. And then about training camp, the document will disappear because it will drive me crazy trying to figure out what the assignments are two weeks from now when I don't even know what they are for this week. So that's that's that. Um, If you have questions about camp, I'll be hanging around for a little bit afterwards. I'll be glad to answer your questions. Got to move on a little quicker here because there's not much time left. We have a sword drill. We got kids with Bibles. How many kids with Bibles do we have? Raise your hand. Okay, I got one kid back there. Okay, here we go. Draw your swords. Swords ready? Swords ready? 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 Sword drill number one. Psalm fourteen one. charge. You're supposed to wait for me to charge. Do you guys do charge? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, charge. Okay, charge.
0: The foe has said in There's no They have done a work. That is actually quoted almost verbatim in Psalm fifty three. Draw your swords. Proverbs twelve fifteen, charge. I'm looking, I'm looking. Go ahead. Okay, draw your swords. Proverbs eighteen two charge. Oh, we got Malcolm here. Malcolm, you can't beat your children after a certain age. Go ahead. All righty. That's a good translation. And finally, Proverbs twenty eight twenty six charge. Sorry, I got to go quick. Running out of time. Look quick. Yes, sir. Got into that. He who in his own heart will make whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Alrighty. So what are all the verses about? Got a little guy? Little person? What was all the verses about? A fool. That's right. So there are two types of fools. Did you know that? There are two types of fools in the Bible. Okay? The first type of fool that's found in the Bible are those that God calls fools, but men sometimes call them wise. They reject God. These are from the verses that we just read. They reject God's word, what God has said, and they measure truth by their own intellect. We call that in big terms, uh, measuring by human wisdom. So uh, what God says, when you measure by human wisdom, and that is the measuring stick that you use to decide whether it's true or false, uh, and reject God's word, then God says that you're a fool. Because God's word is the measuring stick by which we understand truth. The other kind of fool, that's a, that is the primary fool found in the Old Testament. The, uh, the other fool that we see is found primarily in the New Testament. And those are the ones that men call fool, fools, but God calls wise. They're the ones that believe God. They believe God's word and they measure truth by the word of God. So we are called, in the New Testament, we are called to be fools for Christ. But no, we're not fools because we are stupid. We're fools because we believe, well, we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. We believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. We believe that our sins can be forgiven and that we can have a home in heaven. We believe in eternal life after we die. There's so many things that we believe that are found in the Word of God. And man says that those things are not true. So they call us to be fools. But God says we are wise to believe Him. But those that reject God, they reject God's Word. Those God calls fools. Now, I've told this story probably a thousand times in my life. I don't know. That's an exaggeration, by the way. I've probably sold, but I bet maybe it's a hundred Lots of times I've told this, and we've always called this the story of the wise man. And we have the song, The Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock. But really, that's not what it's about. Really. Let's see what the story is really about. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And, and he has gone through several things. There's a long chapter. By the time we get to, uh, to the story... We're in chapter uh, 6, verse 46. Lots of stories in chapter 6. It's a great chapter to to look at. And uh, this is the key to this story right here. Right here. It says this and looking in... uh, Oh, that's good. I don't need notes. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Before God speaks, before the Lord Jesus speaks a parable, um, either usually before, sometimes afterwards, He explains what He's going to teach, why He's going to teach it. This is our only indication in this particular parable what it's about. So, is He Lord? If He is Lord, why do you call Him Lord, and then not do? It's about obedience. It's about believing the Word of God. If we believe something, then we're going to act on it. Uh, for example, uh, my daughter has a picture in her house of, a, uh, of like a rope bridge. And my wife said, that's a beautiful rope bridge picture. But you'd never catch me on it. Mama doesn't do rope bridges. Okay? But let's say that we had a rope bridge at camp. okay? We're probably going to have a climbing wall. That's where our plan is anyway, Right? And it's got this wire that goes up, and it's designed like your seatbelt. You guys know how your seatbelt works? You can pull it gently, and you can pull it around and put it on. But if you go boom like this, it catches, right? You also find that out if you drop your keys or something. You go, boom, and you, go to, you pick up your keys off the floor and it strangles you. Well, that's what these ropes are like. So you, it lets you climb up the rocks, but if you fall, it catches and then releases you nice and slow down. So it's designed like your seatbelt's designed. Well, some people have trouble trusting that. The guy told me the other day that whoever I train to do this at summer camp has to be able to climb the wall themselves and get somebody down because they'll get up to the top and be too afraid to come down. So they're stuck at the top because they don't trust this rope that's hanging on to them. They're afraid. So it's, if you really believe, then you're going to do what he says. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, he's the one who's like a man who builds his house on a rock and digs deep and lays the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arises and the stream beats vehemently on the house, it could not shake it because it's found on a rock. But he that hears not... What's he say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? The story is not about the wise man. The story is about the fool. It says, But he that hears and does not, he's like a man but without a foundation. Builds a house on the earth, stream beats vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin was great. So God talks about two guys. There's the wise man, but then there is the foolish framer who built his house on the sand. That's what the story is really about. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Let me tell you a story. So he talks about these two men and how that they both uh, had visions of a house. And for all intents and purposes, if you've been to the Middle East, I haven't actually been, but I got to see pictures, all the houses seem to look somewhat alike, right? They've had these, these basic structures that their houses are built out of. So there's nothing too different, except that one of them decided to skip this little step. This is cabin three, four, and that's, uh, I didn't hear the woo-hoo. Uh, this is Dana and Aaron. We actually had to dig down. Ta- Aaron and Dana, it was over their heads because we had to dig down over four feet and then fill it back up with this yellow sand and pack it down because what we had was not good foundation soil. So we created a foundation so that the building wouldn't crack or tip sideways or become the Leaning Tower Pizza or something. And so uh, the reason that we know that is, is, is from, you know, this is what people tell us is truth. Now, is all truth from the Bible or is there other truth that we know? That's a good question. Is the Word of God only the Word of God that comes from the Bible, or is, there, is God spoken in other ways than the Bible? Some of you are looking like you're wondering where I'm fishing and where I'm going. Creation, that's the answer. There's two types of revelation. There's special revelation. That's this it's the Word of God, it's the, it is the spoken, written Word of God right here. That's revelation. But there's another revelation, and that is, even creation teaches us about the Creator, about the nature of God. And, uh, and points over and over again to an intelligent designer. Uh, and all of the laws of nature, uh, all of the laws of physics, all work together. If the laws of physics ceased cease to exist as we know them, then we would never be able to build anything or shoot a rocket into the sky, or bring the rocket back down safely. It works because it works the same every time, mathematically, right? Uh, And so why do birds build their nests? Who taught a bird how to build a nest? There are birds that fly from uh, somewhere around Alaska to a small island in the South Pacific. They have their babies, they grow up, they fly back, and they nest back in Somewhere up uh, Northern Canada or Alaska, and then they go back again. Who teaches them to do these things? The Lord has placed in them a knowledge, a revelation from God that this is how things work if a, uh, if, an, if an animal is domesticated and we teach them otherwise, they can't survive in the wild anymore because we've, we have we've unlearned the things that God has put inside them. So we have these two, Franny and Fancy, I think you guys know this story, and they're talking about time to build their nest and split up their, split up the territory so that there's enough to eat for each side. And off runs Fancy. Now Fancy Robin is heading off to build her nest when she sees this material. They normally get bricks and ro- or rocks and twigs and all leaves and all kinds of things. You know this story? Uh, but she looks down and she sees some other material. It's broad, it's big, and she gets down, it's lightweight, feels strong. She says, you know, I can save a lot of time if I use this stuff here. So she gathers up what she needs and off she goes. And before long, she's finished her nest. She built a little frame, lined it with this new stuff. She goes off to tell her friend Franny and she says, Franny, you are wasting your time because I can save you hours and hours and hours on building your nest. So off she goes to look. Well, you know that human wisdom thing I was talking about? She looks at the nest and she feels it. It feels soft, it feels strong, it looks soft, it looks strong, you might be right. So she's measuring the wisdom that God had gave her against the human wisdom and she's, she's trying to measure it with that stick, but maybe the wrong stick. So she goes to look at it and she sees that actually it's very flimsy, it's just tissue paper. When you put it all together, it looks thick and it feels thick, but when you look at it apart one sheet at a time, it's very flimsy. So she began to laugh and she says, you really made your nest out of this? Anybody ever tell you that you just did something stupid? Yeah. We don't like to hear that. Well, Fancy was not happy to be told that that her new material probably wasn't the best thing to make a nest out of. She called her mean and old-fashioned and and just because she didn't want to do things the new way and wanted to stick to the old ways, you know, and they lost a little friendship time over that. That happens sometimes, but sometimes we have to tell people the truth, don't we? And the truth is that sin is sin and salvation comes through Christ. Sometimes you just have to tell people the truth. And when we tell them the truth, the response we get is not always the response we would hope, is it? So they got their nests together and so did the two men. A nest is a nest, a building is a building, they all look the same. But what's different is what happens when it's put to the test. And so the storm comes, the rain comes down, the water washes up. Right now there's water washing over the Mississippi River and its tributaries, and homes are being washed away. And some, uh, they were built in preparation for the flood. In Tampa, where we live, If you build a house now and it's on the waterfront, you have to have 12 foot... It looks odd because the house is 12 feet above the ground, but there's a reason for that because they know that the surge comes up 12 feet in that area. So if you're going to build a house, you have to build it on 12-foot poles. Uh, But the man whose house was built on the sand without a foundation didn't follow the revelation from God. And that is... What's the revelation? (laughs) that that homes that are built on rock stay. But the man who followed the revelation, which is from God, which came through, it's not human wisdom, it's just facts, right? He has stayed firm. And so, as the rain came, over and over, the drops dripped off of her hat and down into her nest. She didn't sleep a wink because fancy... Began to be afraid that this was not going to hold up. And it didn't. She lost her eggs. But Franny slept through the storm. Because she had been through storms before. She made her nest. And she sat on her eggs. And she slept. And enjoyed the rain. I like to listen to it rain when I'm sleeping too. Because she was secure in the knowledge that uh, God's ways were secure. So the question we have is, who's fool? Are you, are you a fool for God, believing His word, in spite of, of what uh, man may tell us, or are you a, the fool who doesn't believe that the Scripture, what the Scripture teaches, that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross at Calvary, and that believing in Him you can have eternal life? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share our vision of camp and the work that's going on there. We thank you for the opportunity to open your word and to look at these two uh, concepts of what is a fool. A fool for Christ or one that you would call foolish. Lord, if there's someone here this morning who who has been foolish, they've not believed your word, uh, they have not acted upon the knowledge that they already have, they've heard the gospel, they know the gospel, but they've not walked out in faith and believed and the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We pray that they would uh, come out of that position as being a fool before God and become a fool for Christ. We pray for uh, the young people here that are looking for the opportunity to come to camp, that you would help them to memorize their verses and, and, uh, and to do well in that. We ask, Lord, that you'd fill the camp with boys and girls, especially uh, that you would provide us boys and girls that are ready to hear the gospel and come to faith. We pray for our special needs, for those who um, have the uh, testimony of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have skills that are needed in the work there, that you would provide for us uh, uh, cooks and boat drivers and uh, male counselors and female counselors and people that teach the activities, that you would provide everything that we need for our weeks of camp and uh, that you would um, bring to us uh, faithful and... Happy servant, servant, those with a servant's heart. Uh, part is with thy blessing. Use us for your glory as we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry for going a few minutes over.